We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. You are listening to Rotoviz Radio, a fantasy football podcast. With your host, Matthew Friedman. Hey everyone, I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. the Oracle of the Action Network in Rotoviz. Welcome to a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Today we are talking about the New York Jets. In between the NFL Combine and the draft, I am interviewing beat reporters for every franchise, 32 teams, 32 beat reporters, and 32 episodes. We are covering team needs, free agency, draft rumors, basically everything between now and day one of the draft. For this episode, I'm joined by Daryl Slater of NJ Advanced Media. He's a Jets beat writer for the Star Ledger and NJ.com. In this episode, he talks with us about the Jets' plans at the quarterback position, the players they might pursue in free agency, and how they should go about revamping the offense. Before we get to the guest, I would like to remind you that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the premium NFL content at the site, and your subscription also supports the pod. All right, let's get to the guest. Please welcome to the show Daryl Slater of NJ Advanced Media. You can follow him on Twitter at Daryl Slater, where he provides up-to-the-minute news on anything and everything to do with the New York Jets. Daryl, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it. We are just we're recording this on Tuesday. 
Yesterday, the combine ended. Uh, a lot of interesting players there, a lot of great quarterbacks, but maybe the quarterback everyone is focused on right now is Kirk Cousins. Uh, you recently wrote about why the Vikings might be a better fit for him than the Jets. Uh, assuming that the Jets don't sign him, uh, which quarterback do you think the Jets would maybe want to take in the first round? Well, I, I mean, that depends on a lot of things, you know, because obviously uh, it depends on, on who's able to get Kirk Cousins. If, it, if it's the Vikings, then, then that means that all the teams ahead of the Jets who are quarterback needy uh, right now will remain quarterback needy. So you're talking about, of course, the Giants at number two, the Browns at one and four, and the Broncos at five. So the Jets might have to look into a situation there where they might want to trade up to the third pick uh, with the Colts. But um, I think Baker Mayfield would be a very good fit for the Jets, and he could certainly be a guy that would be available at number six if the Jets did not want to give up anything in order to trade up. I think he'd do fine in New York. I think he's a very good player. He's accurate. And, um, you know, that's one of the concerns about Josh Allen from Wyoming is the accuracy. And if you can fix that in the NFL, and the Jets had, have not been able to do that with Christian Hackenberg. So I think if the Jets stay at six, Allen would be a very good option for them. And, you know, moving up to, say, number three, that would obviously put a lot more guys on the table uh, for them, uh, a couple more at least, right? So maybe they could get, if they wanted Josh Allen there or Josh Rosen, they could do that at three. Um, but, you know, if they stay at six and they don't get Cousins, I, I like Mayfield. Yeah, it's interesting. In terms of just the um, the organizational philosophy, do you think that there's the drive to to move up uh, to number three if they see a guy and they really want him? Or do you think that they would maybe hope that they get more value, one of the guys falls to them at number six? Well, I think Mike McCagnan analyzes all this very closely, obviously, because you look at the – so is there a big difference between guy number one and guy number four? So if, if obviously the best quarterback is – uh, say Sam Darnold, right? And then you have in no particular order, Allen, Rosen, Mayfield. What's the difference between those? Is it worth the difference uh, in order to trade up? And I think that's what Mike McCagney is going to have to look at. I don't think there's an enormous difference. I think Darnold is the best quarterback. It's not a huge margin between him and the rest. And then the other guys, Rosen, Allen, and Mayfield, I, I don't think they're one is head and shoulders above the rest. So I don't necessarily think it would be worth it to trade up per se. So, um, but if you look at the organizational philosophy in terms of just whether Mike McCagnum wants to blow draft picks or acquire them, as a rebuilding team, he said multiple times that it, it's better to have more shots in the draft if you want to rebuild through the draft. So that's why I hesitate to think that, that he would be willing to give up premium draft picks in order to move from six to, say, three. Um, but yeah, I guess you never know in terms of their philosophy and what they like. They've typically taken bigger quarterbacks, which uh, obviously Mayfield is not that. But I think, you know, they will like his accuracy, um, which is something that they were not able to fix with Christian Hackenberg. And I think they probably perhaps have learned their lesson as they assess uh, Allen, although Allen did look pretty accurate at the combine. Interesting. Great stuff there. So there's obviously a difference between drafting a quarterback with a top six pick and starting him right away as a rookie. Uh, do you think that the Jets would consider using a veteran as a bridge quarterback to let their rookie sit on the bench for a year and develop? And do you think that guy might be Josh McCown, who had a, a surprisingly, you know, I think pretty uh, productive season for the Jets last year uh, when many people would have thought that maybe he wouldn't have lasted the whole season? Yeah, he did. He didn't last the whole season, but he, you know, he hurt his hand um, in Denver. But he lasted basically the whole season. When he was playing, he was playing pretty well. Uh, you're right. And so I think if the Jets 
are uh, do draft a quarterback, then then I think McCown comes back as the quote unquote mentor slash backup, and he might not even be the backup as you alluded to. I don't know if they would sit the rookie the entire season. Uh, although I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I know people are chomp at the chomp at the bit for that guy to play, play, play as a rookie. Why? I mean, like, why would you put a guy out there if he's not, um, you know, if it's going to screw up his development or whatever? But um, I say, say the Jets draft Baker Mayfield or a quarterback. I think there's a very good chance Josh McCown comes back as the mentor slash backup, and I think there's a very good chance in that case that McCown is starting in Week One. They're and they're not going to throw a guy out there in Week One. Uh, if he's not ready just because the fans want them to. Um, so I think there's a, I think that's, that would be a productive route to take. If you draft a quarterback, you know, don't, don't try to force him out there week one, just to say he started week one. I mean, look at uh, Jared Goff. I mean, he, he took some time to develop. These guys take time to develop. Um, you know, it doesn't happen immediately. So uh, yeah, I think that would be a reasonable approach to, to go with. Obviously their first preference is cousins and, and we'll see how that shakes out here in the next uh, week or so. Well, speaking of cousins, uh, it presumably will take a lot of money to get him. And the jets do have the second most cap space in the league heading into free agency. Uh, who are some of the players maybe outside of Cousins that you think the Jets uh, are likely to pursue in the coming weeks? Well, they need some help at cornerback, um, and they don't have a number one receiver. So in terms of cornerbacks, you're looking at guys like Tremaine Johnson, Malcolm Butler, Kyle Fuller. Those would be the biggest name guys. Um, you know, maybe Patrick Robinson is a second-tier guy, or uh, you know, Davon House from the Packers. Um, in terms of In terms of the receiver position, Allen Robinson is a really intriguing option from Jacksonville. It looks like he'll become available. Um, he would be, you know, he would be a fantastic addition to the Jets. Um, they have Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse. Neither of those guys are true number one receivers. And, and if they get a quarterback that, you know, they want to lure, they want to be able to tell the quarterback whoever it is. Well, really, if it's Cousins or a free agent, because the draft, the draft pick has no choice, he has to play for them. Uh, they want to be able to tell that guy. Look, you know, we have some weapons to build around with you because the Jets currently don't have a, a lot of weapons offensively, and um, signing Kirk Cousins alone would not would not fix their offense. They need they need to do other things. So there's uh, obviously the free agents that they could pursue, and then they have their own free agents, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who uh, you know at least started out this season in a pretty efficient manner before telling off a little bit, Morris Claiborne. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys? Do you think the Jets will pursue them? Yeah, Terry Jenkins is an all right enough player. Um, I think they could, you know, they could do better um, potentially in, in the draft if they draft the tight end or if they go out and sign somebody. Um, you know, I think he's, he's worth retaining at the right price. And that, that, those, that being the key phrase there at the right price, Morris Claiborne, uh, I, I think the Jets, really should do everything they can to bring him back. I know the injuries are kind of a red flag with him, even though he stayed healthy, excuse me, for the most part last year. Um, he has a history of injuries, so that makes you wonder how much they want to invest in him long term. Um, but if they don't, if they're not able to re-sign Claiborne, they're, they're potentially going to have to start over at cornerback because Buster Screen is not a number one cornerback. So those are the two, two of the prominent guys. Demario Davis, their middle linebacker, but we'll see what he gets uh, on the open market in terms of offers. I uh, get the sense that he is w- wanting a little bit more than teams are willing t- to probably, uh, than the Jets at least, are willing to give him. So those would be the most prominent in-house free agents besides McCown 
for the Jets, Severian Jenkins, Claiborne, and, and Demario Davis. So I don't think they're, they would all leave in free agency, uh, but I, I think there's a good chance they, uh, I, I think there's a good chance they lose Davis, which in that case they'd have to address the middle linebacker spot. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Robbie Anderson earlier and as uh, someone who maybe isn't viewed as a number one receiver. And then, of course, there are the legal issues. Uh, I believe this is the second season in which he's has or second offseason, rather, in which he's had some legal issues. Uh, how do you think that the team is viewing him moving forward? They're sticking by him. I mean, if they were going to release him, they would have done it already. You know, as an undrafted guy he is uh doesn't have a, a massive cap hit or anything like that so it wouldn't it wouldn't cause major cap ramifications if the jets were to release him um so i you know they're they're sticking by him um through his like you said he was arrested last may arrested again in january he's got a total of four felonies hanging over his head not not good um but the jets are going to let this play out and see how it goes he's likely facing some kind of suspension once once this all shakes itself out um but they view him as a guy who can uh, develop and get better and has a lot of potential. And obviously in the NFL, if you can play, you get afforded a lot of second and third chances. And that's where the Jets are with Robbie Anderson. You know, I don't know if he'll ever become a number one receiver, but he's a pretty solid player. And the, you know, the Jets aren't willing to give up on him uh, just yet. Okay. So uh, you mentioned earlier the idea that uh, in free agency, they might pursue wide receivers Robbie Anderson might miss some time with suspensions. So I think that raises the question in terms of the draft. Do you think that there are any wide receivers that the Jets might pursue uh, maybe in the middle rounds or say uh, on the second day rounds two and three? Could be, um, you know, look, they, they drafted two guys last year in, in round three and four are Darius Stewart and Chad Hanson. Neither of those guys had a great rookie year, but you know, Mike McCagnon's not one to give up on a guy after just one year. So I don't necessarily think the Jets will um, they love the, the draft a, a, a receiver. They could, I think. But, um, you know, the thing is, you, they don't need another young guy in there. They, they need a proven number one receiver. They need to go out and make a run at Allen Robinson in free agency. Um, they don't need another third-round pick or fourth-round pick who might be um, – who might be good, you know, like an Ardarius Stewart or a Chad Hansen, or might never be anything. Um, they need a guy who has proven they have the cap space to go get that kind of player, and um, I think they'll do all they can to, to make a run at um, to make a run at Allen Robinson, even if it means quote unquote overpaying, which is really how free agency works. You know, yeah, you end up having to pay pay more for guys based on based on their demand uh, than maybe they're actually worth. A follow-up question there on the uh, the two second-year receivers, Stewart and Hanson. Have you heard anything about how the team is viewing their potential development last year going into this year? They like those guys, but um, yeah, they like Hanson as a deep threat potential guy and then Stewart in the slot. But um, now a lot of uh, some of the problems that the Jets had on offense last year in terms of even getting the ball to those guys or establishing the run game, it, 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 it seems John Morton, their former now former coordinator, really wasn't on the same page as as their coaches and, and Todd Bowles. So uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how Jeremy Bates, the new coordinator, who's still the quarterbacks coach, will handle things um, with incorporating those guys in more consistently and, and coming up with a more consistent and coherent plan. Uh, so I think you know you have to look at that. But I, after Jeremy Curley got suspended last season. Um, it would have seemed that Stuart Hansen could have had a lot more opportunities to contribute. It just never happened for them. 
but, you know, chalk it up to a, a sluggish rookie year, and this is a year where they both those guys need to uh, produce a lot more. All right, sticking with that offensive side of the ball, uh, Matt Forte within the last week or so has retired. Uh, of course, there is uh, Elijah McGuire there, Bilal Powell, who uh, you know is, I, I believe, at this point uh, 30 or, or close to 30. Uh, is there any sense about what the uh, the team might do at the running back position and whether they might address it in the uh, in the upcoming draft? Yeah, they need to do something because they don't have a number one running back. Um, this kind of gets back to you look at every position across the offense, and they have issues there, whether it's the line, receiver, quarterback. Uh, running back Forte was no longer a number one running back, but um, Powell and, and, and McGuire are not that either. So um, what do they do? It looks like Le'Veon Bell is not going to be available in free agency. Um, will the Jets draft a guy? Yeah, a, a fascinating possibility. And that it seems dimmer and dimmer now after the combine would be say if the Jets were able to sign uh, Kirk Cousins, could they trade up to maybe like number three or whatever? to get uh, Saquon Barkley. It seems unlikely. He could go first or second overall at this point. So um, he had a fantastic combine. So I, I don't think that's a possibility. I think the Jets could, could get a guy like Ronald Jones in the second round from USC. Uh, he might be an option for them. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there's a chance they could draft a running back high. They got McGuire in the sixth round last year, but you know, he kind, you know, maybe he just is what he is, which is a very good sixth-round pick, uh, but not a number one back. They need a number one back to build their offense around. And um, one thing last year with Morton is he, you know, he really didn't commit enough to the run game. And Todd Bowles wants to do that more this year, especially if he has a rookie quarterback, you know, you can't just set that guy back there and say, throw, throw, throw. So um, that'll be interesting to see what they do there. But I think there's a good chance they'll draft a running back in the middle rounds. Well, everything with the passing game and the running game can be improved if the offensive line is improved. You recently wrote a piece for NJ.com about uh how to go about upgrading the offensive line. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it became pretty clear last season that uh, Wesley Johnson was not the answer for the Jets at the center position after, you know, Nick Mangold, um, you know, basically retired, but uh, the Jets cut him. And um, the Jets had, you know, they had some all right things from Brandon Shell at right tackle and Kelvin Beach at left tackle, but James Carpenter, the left guard, he's entering the final year of his contract here coming up. Uh, and he, he wasn't as good last year as he was in previous years. Um, so, you know, maybe the Jets draft Quentin Nelson at number six if they're able to sign Cousins, uh, Nelson being the guard from Notre Dame. And that would let them cut uh, Carpenter. Nelson has um, historically been a left guard. So um, I think he would be a fantastic addition to their line. They need a center, Ryan Jensen, maybe Weston Richburg in free agency. Uh, Billy Price, an option in the draft. Uh, but, of course, Price had a partial tear of his pack at the Combine, and so you wonder when he's going to be ready uh, to play. Uh, but, yeah, the Jets need Wesley Johnson is not their answer at center, and, and you get a really good center, as the Jets saw with Mangold, and that goes a long way toward helping your line be productive. Well, you actually had the, uh, the Jets in a recent mock draft of yours drafting Billy Price, the center, uh, in the second round, and then Malik Jefferson in the second round. Uh, are there any other players uh, you think the Jets would uh, consider drafting in that range? Sure, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, there's a whole bunch of possibilities there. I mean, you mentioned um, uh, Ronald Jones, the running back, could be there. I don't know if Darius Geis from LSU, the other running back, will fall that far. 
maybe Mark Andrews, the tight end from Oklahoma, if the Jets um, aren't able to re-sign Austin Strain Jenkins. You know, it, it's tough to, to, to set tell once you get past the first round. Will a guy fall to the third round, or will it be a second round? Uh, will he be in the second round? But the you know the issue for the Jets, not the issue, but the the benefit for the Jets is that they um, they have two second round picks because they they got that other one in the trade with the Seahawks. So that's that's some trade ammo if the Jets want to move up. Um, and if they don't, then they then they get another shot, obviously, in the second round. Uh, also, you know, Mike McCagnan, as I mentioned, is always willing to acquire more draft picks. And if the Jets get Kirk Cousins and they decide they want to trade out of number six, they could do that. They could get more draft picks by uh, by trading back and, and get maybe a third rounder or something like that. Um, they got right now four picks in the top 72, and they could potentially add to that in a trade back scenario. All right, let's look just a little bit at the defensive side of the ball. Uh, coming out of the combine, were there any players, uh, you know, maybe day two type of players, uh, maybe you know, middle round players, who uh, intrigued you and you thought like, wow, that you know, I could see that guy in a Jets uniform. He could fit well into what they're looking to do. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, uh, Jari Alexander. I, I might be pronouncing this first name wrong. Uh, the kid from Louisville, the cornerback, tested very, very well. He blazed through his 40 at the Combine uh, on Monday. He did a, did a really nice job there in Indianapolis. So maybe he's put himself in the day one uh, conversation um, late first round or something like that. But if he's available for the Jets in the middle of the rounds, um, maybe he's a little that second, second round pick or the third round pick, he'd be great a great value there um, if they have a need, a cornerback that they hadn't filled in free agency. So um He's one guy who helped himself perform really well at the combine. Dante Jackson, the cornerback from Louisville, or uh, I'm sorry, LSU, ran really fast. Um, so those are a couple guys who um, could potentially be options for the Jets on the defensive side of the ball. There, um, you know, you look at outside linebacker, edge rusher. The Jets need some help there. Uh, Marcus Davenport is a kid from Texas San Antonio who hasn't played against top-notch competition, but could be a uh, edge rusher option for the Jets. They haven't gotten enough production from that spot in recent years. So, yeah, those are you know those are some guys that will be interesting to see what the Jets do because we talked about how how sluggish their offense has been. It's not like their defense was great last year either. I mean, they were like 18th in the in the DVOA rankings by Football Outsiders, very much middle of the league. They haven't been good defensively since Todd Bowles' first year. Haven't been you know they've been average at best and and, and, and pretty terrible at worst. Um, in, in, in 16 and 17. So the, the, for as much as their offense needs to, needs to get its stuff together, uh, I think Bowles, and his, Bowles realized his defense has a, has a little way to go here too as well. All right, final question here. You mentioned Jeremy Bates, uh, quarterback coach, now offensive coordinator. Uh, is there any sense in terms of how he intends to run the offense and how it will differ from what we saw last year? Yeah, I think there'll be a lot. It'll be some carryover, at least from what John Morton did in the West Coast style offense with the Jets last year. But I think one thing you'll see uh, quite a bit of is a Mike Shanahan influence with Jeremy Bates and also Rick Dennison, the offensive or the uh, run game coordinator, former OC in Buffalo. Um, he's the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Bates, the quarterbacks coach and, and offensive coordinator. So one one basically runs the pass game, one runs the Running game, uh, both those guys from 06 to 08 worked under Mike Shanahan in Denver. Um, and then in 08, they kind of teamed up to call the plays there. So um, I think, you know, that'll be a kind of a similar situation here with the Jets where they're teaming up to run this offense. And I, so I think you'll see um, some of that Shanahan influence um, in, in the offense, offensive approach. 
and that's interesting because, of course, Kirk Cousins was drafted by Mike Shanahan in Washington, really likes that offense. Of course, uh, Cousins, uh, Shanahan was gone by the time Cousins became the full-time starter and was flourishing in Washington. So it's been a little while since he's played um, you know, under Mike Shanahan, per se. So um, the Jets will you know, surely use that familiarity to try to entice Cousins. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if it works. I think ultimately the two things that matter most or should matter most for Cousins are um, can he win and uh, you know, how much money can he make. And you can't blame a guy for wanting to maximize his value um, and certainly the Jets are probably the team in position to give him the most money, at least up front in the contract. But, you know, you have to wonder if they're, they might be a year or two or three away from being competitive. And by that time, you're looking at a quarterback who's a, you know, approaching 32, 33 years old. So um, that's why I think the Vikings are a better destination for him. It doesn't mean he will sign there. Um, and it doesn't mean the Vikings can offer him the most money. But I think when you look at the totality of it, the Vikings are, are his best destination if they can come close to the Jets offer. Um, but that certainly doesn't mean he won't uh, roll the dice and, and take a chance on the Jets. I know I said that last one was the final question, but I, I have one more. This one will actually be the final question. Uh, Kirk Cousins, do you think that, one, the Jets will actually make that huge offer to try to get him, and then do you think that actually would be enough to get him? Yes, I think that they will make an enormous offer to try to get him. I think they'll do everything they can to try to get him, as well they should. I mean, they're a team in desperate uh, desperate, desperate need of a quarterback. They're, de- they're, you know, they're so they're going to do desperate things, which is offer that type of money to a quarterback who is, you know, very good but not great. Um, so the Jets will and, and should do exactly that. Um, they have the money to spend. Um, they need to do it. Uh, he's the most proven option out there right now, and the, there's no Andrew Luck types in this draft, sure thing type quarterback. So. Um, that, yeah, the Jets have to go all in on Kirk Cousins. Will it be enough? I think there's a chance. Sure. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a chance he could, he could go and, uh, you know, like I said, take a chance in the Jets because that's what it would be. I mean, obviously he would be making a ton of money, but, um, would, would he be able to win? That's ultimately what he wants, or that's at least what he said he wants to do. So, uh, I, I think the Jets are a couple years away, even if they do sign Cousins. So, um, Again, that's why I think Minnesota is the best destination for him. But you know, I wouldn't rule the Jets out just because they have um, so much ammo in terms of the money, and 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 you know that's a pretty powerful, powerful uh, carrot for a lot of players. You know, and a lot, a lot of people in general. It's uh, totally understandable. All right. Well, one way or another, we are going to find out soon exactly where Kirk Cousins lands. Uh, Daryl, this was fantastic. Thanks for your insight, and we hope to talk with you again as we get closer to the season. Sure. Thanks for having me. We just finished speaking with Daryl Slater, a Jets beat writer for NJ Advance Media. We covered a lot. Here are some of the items we discussed that I would like to think about further. First, the Jets quarterback situation. It looks like they really are all in on the possibility of getting Kirk Cousins. As Daryl mentioned, uh, they have the salary cap space to make a godfather type of offer. Um It's just a question as to whether he wants to be with that team because they are not anywhere close to being a winning organization. Even if they sign him, they have so many more pieces. And ironically, if they spend what it takes to get him there, 
that really might hinder their ability moving forward to construct the type of team around him, especially in the AFC East, competing with the Patriots two times a year, uh, a team that is capable of actually making the playoffs uh, and, and maybe even contending for a championship. So it, it's might, it might be one of those situations where you have to be careful what you wish for if you're the Jets. Uh, they might want Kirk Cousins, but in reality, the worst thing could be that maybe they actually get him. Um, but if they don't get him, what do they do? Um, you know, we didn't mention uh, Case Keenum or A.J. McCarron. You know, one of those guys might be an option as a potential bridge quarterback. I don't know if that would be, you know, very exciting uh, for the franchise or the fans. So really, at that point, you're looking at the quarterbacks in the draft the uh, the Jets sitting there at sixth. I think they are very likely to get uh, one of the the four top quarterbacks in the draft there. And people are also discounting Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, for some people, he might be a top four quarterback, and Josh Allen might be the fifth quarterback. Um, that's the case for the, the rankings that I have at Action Network. But I I would expect that Josh Allen would be drafted before pick number six. Um, but I think it's very possible that out of the four quarterbacks at the top, Darnold, Rosen, Allen, and Mayfield, one of them would fall to the Jets at number six. So then it's a question as to whether the Jets uh, view all of them fairly equally and are fine with the quote-unquote value of getting the last quarterback in that tier that falls to them. Uh, Kind of from a fantasy football perspective, that would be the ideal scenario that you get a player within a tier and you get the last player in the tier and you don't have to reach for him. Um, Obviously, that might not be optimal from a real life uh, football perspective because they want someone who could conceivably fit in their system. Um, But it's just a question as to whether they are fine staying at six and getting the guy who falls to them or whether they actually you know, develop pretty strong opinions on these quarterbacks and they feel that they want to have one of them, they must have one of them, and they have to move up in the draft to get him. Uh, if they do that, they obviously will have to give up some uh, some draft capital to, uh, to make that move. I don't know if that is necessarily the smart thing to do considering that they have so many holes on this team uh, and they, they need as much draft capital as possible to address all of those positions. Uh, which I think probably leads to the second thing to talk about, um, how naked this roster is. Uh, in the conversation with Daryl, it was almost like, well, uh, even talking about free agency or in the draft, well, they need this position, this position, this position. It's almost like you could just look at the whole roster and say like, well, yep, they, they need a player at that position, and that's basically every position on the team. Um, Ian Harditz at the Action Network, uh, well, at, at Fantasy Labs, a part of the Action Network, uh, has written a, a team needs article for the Jets. And obviously at the top, it's quarterback. And then after that, it's almost like you, you could just, you could pick the position, right? They need defensive end, um, but they also need pass catchers. It's not just wide receivers, it's tight end. Um, Powell is good out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And McGuire was good in college as a pass catcher. Forte was good uh, in his career as a pass catcher, but Powell is older. Forte is gone. McGuire is an unproven guy. And you don't really want to rely on uh, you know, like a running back out of the backfield as like one of your premier pass catchers anyway. So uh, outside of the quarterback position, this team still needs so much. 
And I think it, I mean, just remember a year ago, people were talking about this as an 0-16 team. Uh, And so on the one hand, it looks bad that they have the number six pick. Like, you know, in order to quote unquote earn that pick, they had to be a bad team, but they actually probably overperformed relative to the talent that they have on the roster. Uh, And so they're not really getting even the full benefit of, uh, of having a, a bad season and that they probably should have better draft position now than they do have. So they can't even address the roster as completely as they should. Um, but let's look specifically at the, the pass catchers, uh, and the receiving unit there. Um, Daryl mentioned the possibility of maybe them adding Allen Robinson. Um, honestly, I think even though they addressed, well, one, I don't know if Allen Robinson would want to go there, uh, given the the quarterback situation. So maybe if they sign Kirk Cousins, that would entice Allen Robinson. But then at that point, I don't know if they even have enough money to sign Allen Robinson. Um, so I, I think they probably will have to, if they want to continue to build the receiving unit, and I think they should, they probably will need to address it again in the draft, even though last year uh, in the third and fourth round, they got Ardarius Stewart and uh, Chad Hansen. Uh, so I think they will continue to address the position. Robbie Anderson, who knows what is going on there. Uh Quincy Inunua is a restricted free agent, uh, so he will be coming back from his season-ending neck injury, presumably coming back. We really don't even know yet what's happening with him. Uh, Jermaine Curse is coming off a career-best season, but we don't really know what their plans are for him long-term. Uh, I don't think he's the guy that you really want leading the receiving unit. So I think they will probably continue to address uh, the wide receiver's the same thing with tight ends. Who knows what is going to happen with Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, so I think at some point in the draft, they will need to invest uh, some capital in the pass catching unit, especially I think if they go with a quarterback in the first round. I'm thinking a little bit of uh, what the Colts did when they drafted Andrew Luck. The first thing they did, they you know, they drafted T.Y. Hilton. They drafted multiple tight ends for him. They they drafted pass catchers to support him. And uh, I think if the Jets are to go with a, uh, a quarterback high in the draft, it would make sense, especially with the dearth of options that they have at receivers uh, to address uh, the pass catching unit. But, of course, they need cornerback. They need interior offensive line. They need so much help all over the place. Uh, so ultimately it might make sense for them to trade down where possible, uh, and to accumulate draft picks and to try to build, uh, just through kind of more of a, a, uh, shotgun approach where they, they just get more picks and take more shots at the positions they need. And hopefully uh, some of those picks will pan out. That's going to do it for this Jets-focused special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Be sure to check out the episodes for all the other teams on Rotoviz and the podcast feed. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. the Oracle. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Rotoviz Radio, the flagship Rotoviz podcast. Special thanks to Hassan Rahim, the producer for this episode, and to Colm Kelly, the assistant executive producer for the podcast channel. Please review the show on iTunes under the Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email, roadofhisradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Road of His at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, roadofhis.com slash podcast. 
The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.